We all have a story to tell, a story of faith that can change the lives of others. Hi, I'm Terry Squires. Join me and my friends each week in the heart of Nashville as they share their stories of faith that will inspire your life. This is today's Nashville. This is Faith. Many times in life, we praise and seek the Lord only in good times and often complain when things aren't going our way. But I will praise you always. Music artist, author, actress, Rebecca St. James got her start in music at the tender age of 13 when she released an independent album titled Refresh My Heart in her native Australia. She has received countless awards, including a Grammy, number one singles, and consistently topped both radio and sales charts with millions of albums sold. Through it all, she spoke into the lives of others, sharing the message of pro-life. But God knew she needed rest, but not for long. This is her story of unshakable faith. This is Today's Nashville. Rebecca, thank you so much for inviting me into your beautiful home here. It is absolutely (laughs) gorgeous. So kind. Thank you. It's good to be with you. Well, you have quite a story from Mm -hmm. Australia to Nashville. Yes. Let's go back. Yeah. Tell me how it all started. Well, I mean, I was a pretty normal kid, I feel like, living in Sydney. Um, probably the unusual part that I was, was that I was a Christian and that we were a Christian family because, you know, Australia, I mean, we were kind of founded by English convicts. So it's not, it, it, the, the Christian population is not a huge population. But I was so thankful to actually grow up in a Christian family and gave my life to Jesus when I was eight. Um, lived kind of a normal life in Sydney and then... Um, Lived in Brisbane, which is about 12 hours north of Sydney for a little bit. Loved growing up there. I mean, I had kangaroos in my backyard. I mean, we had just this wonderful childhood. And um, moved to the U.S. when I was 14. What brought you to the U.S.? Um, So my dad's job, actually. um, So he was in Christian music in Australia. Mm -hmm. So probably the other unusual part about my life was that I grew up going to shows like I was six weeks old when I went to my first Christian concert uh, in the Sydney Opera House and so my dad promoted um, Christian uh, artists in Australia and toured them around and so we'd just go to shows so it was um, a very normal part of my life this whole Christian music factor but dad got offered a job in Nashville when I was 14 and there were six kids at that time my mom was pregnant with my sister so we all moved over to the U.S. to Nashville and um, the kind of the new, very different, very adventurous life began at that point for sure. Well, you started your career in Australia, right? A little bit. Okay. Just a little bit. Yeah. So I, because I'd grown up around um, a lot of Christian artists, artists, Carmen was actually one of the artists that I kind of got to know. He almost became like an uncle to me. He just treated me like a grown-up in a way, like very kindly, very 
very respectfully. Did you meet him there or here in the States? Um, actually, yeah, okay. in, in Australia. Okay. So my dad had toured him a few, few different times. So he asked me to tour with him when I was 13. So that was my first tour. Also did a worship album um, on my dad's record label in Australia. And um, yeah, that kind of began things. Was it something that you wanted to do from the, as a little girl or did it just come natural to you? I think music was one of those things where I felt like God would possibly lead me into, into it, but I didn't, it wasn't this overwhelming, I've just got to sing, I've got to be on the stage, passion on that level. I think when I was around 12, I gave my gifts and my talents to God and I sensed that he might lead me into music and that was around the time that things started to happen. So very soon after that was the Carmen tour. So um, I loved acting though. That was probably one of the things that I wanted to do when I was little. So when you came to Nashville, mm -hmm. then what happened to your career? Well, you know, so I was still very, very young. I mean, we have a seven-year-old daughter now and I'm thinking, man, I was just around double her age, yeah. you know, when all this was happening. Um, but so we moved to the U.S., my dad had this job, um, but a couple months after we moved, that job fell through. So we were on the other side of the world, felt called to be here as a family, but um, ended up not having any income and seven kids at that time. Did um, he think about moving back or? Um, we did, but they, it, it felt like kind of a dead end there. Like I think my parents felt like we really were called to be in the U.S. and needed to stick it out through the hard times. So we just prayed, you know, for a car, food, money, sat on the floor. We didn't have any furniture in our house at that point and at the rental. Thankfully, the, the people that were renting to us were even gracious on rent. But... Um, we would just pray specifically for these needs and then see miracles happen. Groceries on our doorstep, people arriving with truckloads of furniture, checks come in the mail that would just pay for the rent. And I mean, for me as a teen, seeing that, I think it gave me something to sing about. So when um, Eddie DeGamo from Forefront Records saw me sing at my church in Franklin, just down the road from here, um, and signed me soon after that, and I went full-time at 16, I actually had something to sing about because I'd seen miracles, I'd seen the power of God. So where did God take you from there? With a young career at 16, you exploded onto the scene. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, it was one of those things where I, I felt God had opened up the doors. I felt like he had orchestrated things. And really coming from that place of, Lord, I just want my life to make a difference. I want to shine for you. I want to be used by you for this adventure, this mission that you have me on this planet for. Um, and so really, as things started growing, I mean, it was really my second album that came out when I was 18, my God album that really connected. I mean, the, the first album, I feel like, you know, definitely we saw some strong ministry response, but it was that second album in my late teens that we just started kind of really traveling the world. I mean, opportunities really opened up for travel everywhere and had a lot of songs that kind of landed on radio. And I mean, it's all these things now that I look back and go, whoa, you know, God was doing so much and I can appreciate it probably more than just at that time, you know, you're just kind of running to the next thing and Lord, give me strength to do what you've called me to do. So it was a, definitely a big faith venture for me. And was it a family event too? I mean, did your dad yeah. get involved? And mm -hmm. 
Oh, very much so. So, yeah, I honestly think if, if my dad and I hadn't have been put in the same family, if, if somehow, well, yeah, I wouldn't exist without my dad, but if the giftings that my dad had hadn't been a part of my family life, I, don't, I wouldn't have done music because I so needed his management and his um, vision and his protection, really. I was so young. And I needed this covering that he provided. And so definitely my dad was an integral factor. And then my family kind of traveled really as the first roadies and um, stage managers and background singers and lighting directors. I mean, they were everything. And it's really cool now to see because we were homeschooling, would go on the road for all these tours for years and years as a family. And each one of my siblings was groomed for what they're doing now through that time on the road. And we can see how God was prepping them for their unique callings in, in ministry. So it's, it's been really sweet to see. Rebecca, tell me what happened after that. You were 17, 18, your new album, your family were involved in your career and touring. Where did God take you from there? It was, a long, it was a long journey. I mean, really, especially starting so young, it was nearly like 20 years of, nearly 20 years of, um, of touring and making albums and um, yeah, being on the road. And I mean, we got to do some really, really, experience some really, really amazing moves of God just around the world. I mean, getting to go to a lot of different European countries, even Eastern European countries and um, Australia, New Zealand. I mean, we really got to see God at work all around the world in those years. Uh, I wrote a song about um, marriage and, and purity, like way before I'd met my husband, a song called Wait For Me. And that was a song that really had a lot of traction with people because I think the True Love Waits movement was happening around that time. And and that's of, very important to you. Really important to me. Yeah, I felt very cold, really young to, to speak about purity and about God's way in relationships of just honoring him and his, his biblical way of, of living um, when it comes to every area. But I, I most specifically felt like I was called to talk about, about purity. And the fact that I was in the middle of that season waiting myself, I think was an encouragement to a lot of other young people that they could wait as well. So uh, there was just a lot happening during those years. A lot that I, I mean, pretty much everything I felt unqualified for. I hadn't gone to college for this stuff. I hadn't had all these years of doing it. But I think prayer was my lifeline, praying before songwriting, praying before albums, praying before shows, interviews, everything. And it really definitely it grew my faith. You won a Grammy Award. Yeah. What was that yeah. like? <laughs> Extremely unexpected. Oh, my goodness. I mean... We, we kind of knew, I, I kind of knew that night who was slated to win that, you know, or who everybody thought would, would win the Grammy that year for my category. What and, was your category? Um, Christian Rock Album of the mm -hmm. Year, I believe. Okay. And uh, so I was like so far away from the stage. I mean, I didn't think I would need to get out and go to the stage. <laughs> and I mean, the dress I was wearing, if I had have had any idea that anybody like would see it and that a picture would go everywhere for a little while there. I would have won something very different. But yeah, it was surreal and amazing and How old completely surprising. I just 20 about 20-ish, 20, 21, 21. What was it like to get on the stage and 
got um, that Grammy in your hand? Well, I just remember running the stage or moving very fast to get to the stage from my grandstand seat and thinking through what I was going to say because uh, it's that moment in time where you don't want to stumble over what you're going to say. And so I, I, I remember thanking God and, um, and sharing a verse. I think it was my life verse, Acts 20, 24. I don't care about my own life. The most important thing is I complete my mission the work the Lord Jesus gave me to tell people the good news about God's grace. So I think I thanked a couple other people too, like family, but um, that, that was what I felt like I wanted to communicate in that moment. Now you went through a season where you were just totally exhausted. Yeah. And you needed to slow down. What yes. did God do? Yeah. Well, it's funny how I feel like God gives us internal warning lights, you know, internal kind of red lights that just go on and start beeping and flashing and saying, put on the brakes, you know, you need to listen to this. And I'd overridden that for so long, you know, just being on the road and, and feeling like too, there was um, legitimate ministry happening. I didn't want to be selfish. I didn't, I didn't want to, um, I don't know, say no to great ministry opportunities that could reach people. So um, I mean, again, I was so young starting out. I didn't have that built-in understanding of the importance of rest and calibration and margin and all of these things. And so I just got tireder and tireder and tireder to the, to the point where my voice started giving out, not from any kind of nodes or structural problems, um, but just from panic, really. I think I was just so tired. My body started shutting down on me and saying, if you don't take a break... I'll shut you down by you not being able to sing. So I'd be on stage and just not be able to breathe properly. And singing doesn't work too well if you can't breathe properly. So um, it just got kind of more and more challenging to where the tireder I was, the less my voice would work, the less I'd be able to breathe. And eventually it just got to where I just can't do this to myself anymore. You know, I'm, I felt kind of like a spiritual, emotional anorexic in a way where it was I was still functioning but it was kind of eating into my own self. So what did you do then? Well it was kind of a slow winding down I think initially when I recognized I was getting very tired I would have kind of a sabbatical or a break or I'd go to um, Labrie which is Francis Schaeffer's study center actually in Switzerland I went for a couple months and was just trying to kind of regroup and have something to pour out into a new album and things like that but then it got to where it's like no this is kind of putting a Band-Aid on a gaping wound. Um, and so we eventually put plans in for me to just be, be done for this season and maybe forever. And honestly... Now, now when was this? Um, at that point, I was married, actually. So I met my husband. I was still doing a little bit of music, but not a ton. I'd kind of slowed down. I'd done some acting. I'd, I'd done a, kind of a lot of book writing, a lot of different things, and met my husband lived this dream of getting married, was so thrilled. And uh, it was really about a year in that I just felt, you know, I want to protect this new married life. I want to pour all my energy into laying a foundation for our new little family. And I need to just get off the road. And it was delightful because I then got to travel with my husband and be a part of what he was doing. And kind of establish that family life together. And so it was a very, very sweet time. And honestly, I was quite happy to hang up the singing thing for the rest of my life. I was very at peace about that. 
and God did a lot in that time of quiet that was so rejuvenating and beautiful. So let's talk about your husband and your beautiful children. You have two girls and you just recently had a baby. Yes, yes. So um, God just did so much in our little family and I just feel so thankful for all that he redeemed of my dreams. And so we now have um, a seven-year-old Gemma who is, she's just a delight, very creative. Um, A three-year-old Imogen who just is a little joy. She's our little love bug. And then uh, River, who is nearly a year old, and he's just so fun. He's just everywhere and into everything and just got all that wonderful masculine energy. I love it. So I'm very fulfilled, Mama. Just so thankful to God. Rebecca, I love how God brings us into new seasons. Mm. He's brought you into a new season with your family and children, Mm. and he's doing amazing things now in your life. Mm. You're not taking a rest anymore, are you? (laughs) No, not quite. (laughs) Not quite. So, yeah, there was a season of our lives, which I think my husband and I kind of describe as a winter. It was after we'd had our daughter, Gemma, and um, we were trying to get pregnant with baby number two, and it wasn't happening. And then I miscarried, and then I miscarried again. My husband was also in transition with his job and his work, so we didn't know what was going on with that. Vocationally, um, he just felt so uncertain and kind of fearful. And then I was fearful because my body, I mean, I, this, this whole plan to have grow our family was not happening and it, very emotionally painful. So we felt like we were in this winter and kind of didn't know why or what was going on. And kind of all we knew to do was just really say, God, this hurts so, so bad. We feel like we're three feet under snow and just in the cold, in the dark. It's so challenging, but we trust you that you're doing something and that you will do something, even though we don't feel it right now. And I think, I think just with what has been happening in the world in the last year and a half or a couple of years, I think a lot of people are feeling that way. Like, what is going on with my life? And it's so challenging. Um, but God did a, a really amazing work in my heart couple years into that season so it was a it was a long season for us and really restored a lot of hope and life and encouragement in me kind of brought a new like spiritual season to my heart and a spring to my heart and then I fell pregnant with our daughter Imogen almost immediately and so he started bringing spring to our circumstance and it was just one of those very beautiful things. And in that time, God also called me back to music. And so a lot of my burnout just kind of fell away. Um, you know. And I'd done a lot of counseling too, but it was like he did a lot very fast in the, you know, while I was worshiping him in worship. So he called me back to music. So that was just like three or four years ago now. And in that time, I've been working on a new album. I had a an EP come out last year called Dawn because I want to encourage other people too. If you're in a winter, hang on to Jesus. Trust him that he's got good and beautiful and wonderful plans for your life and he will redeem anything. He can redeem anything and I know that from my story. What would you say to somebody that has lost a child? I, I think for every parent that is probably about the worst thing that you can imagine um, and, I, and I cannot if, if I go there in, in my head even, I cry because I, I just, 
I cannot fathom that agony. And I had a friend actually that went through that and um, lost a two-year-old. And I, I saw her recently and just kind of hugged her and cried with her. Um, God is the only one, I feel like, that can really bring comfort and redemption and encouragement and hope from that kind of despair. Because I, I again, I think it's just my worst fear. But well, I do know even that he, is, he, he, he can redeem the agony of all of our lives. Like the Bible promises that, that he, he can work good from all. So I, I trust that. Yeah, and I was talking to, more about your miscarriages. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Just losing. Totally. Yeah. Well, and that, and that was hard enough, I, I suppose. Yeah, if I, if I project to a child that you know and have loved in, in real life, I, the agony must be even more. But I think for me, the miscarriages, it, was, it definitely was one of those, for a time, hope deferred makes the heart sick, you know, the, the Bible says. And I think that that was something that I felt. But on the other side of that now... I have a story to share because he's brought hope and redemption to my life and I can encourage others with that. Like the Bible says we can comfort others with the comfort we've been given from God and I love that. I love that I have a story of hope. And he'll, I know I'll go through other stuff that is challenging in my life but um, I'm thankful that I can draw on the faith that I have because of going through the hard times and weathering those storms and coming through. Now, you are a huge advocate, pro-life advocate. Yes, absolutely. So important to you. So important. So I got the chance, um, oh, I mean, it's over a decade now ago, uh, of l playing the lead role in a pro-life film. So I played an unmarried pregnant girl in What's this the movie. What's uh, the The film is called Sarah's, Sarah's Choice. Choice. And it was a real blessing for me. And then I got to travel and um, speak and sing at a bunch of pro-life events, fundraising events for pregnancy centers that support girls that were in the situation my character was in. And so I feel really, really thankful um, to have had that opportunity. And I love pregnancy centers. I love the hope that they're bringing to women that are in a situation that they find so challenging. They just need God's encouragement and support and pregnancy centers are offering that. What would you say to somebody listening to you right now who is pregnant, and is it that choice to keep or to end the life? We have three little miracles that bless my husband and my, me every single day that are just so magical and lovely. And I would just say, hey, bless your own life by protecting that life. Um, it's just the most magical and beautiful thing and a gift. And... Um, Know that you can find support if you need support that you don't have from family or your community. A pregnancy center, there's hope lines that you, you can reach out to and you can find the support that you need to choose life. Rebecca, tell me what, what's next for your life. So right now, I'm actually... Um, I mean, I, I have been making new music for the last a couple of years, actually, and just kind of creating worship songs that um, are kind of fresh f versions of these songs um, that are brand new, I've, I've been writing as well, that, um, that have been a, a joy to kind of see come to life and now performing them. And so uh, 
I have a song with my brothers called Kingdom Come, and that's been really sweet to partner with them. They're in a band called For, for King and Country. Yeah. Some people you know, know that, it, some people don't. It's <laughs> interesting. We had the conversation driving down. A lot of people don't know. Yeah. That, they yeah. are your younger brothers, That's right? That's right. That's right. And so we partnered on the song, wrote it together, recorded it together, and it's been really sweet to um, partner in that way uh, in this season of my life. And so we have this, um, the EP, the rest of the EP um, that we put out last year and is, is now coming out. Um, it's been really sweet to kind of see that whole album get out to the people and have a chance to minister and share hope. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for sharing your amazing faith. And I know God is going to continue to do great things in your life. Thank you. I appreciate it. My friend, are you going through a season? Just like Rebecca said, it may be winter, but spring is coming. And Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. Take his hand so that you can share your story of unshakable faith that will give him honor and glory. This is Today's Nashville. This is Faith. Do you have a question or comment or want to check out the latest television episode? You can find me, Terry Squires, and all of my guests at Today's Nashville. Dot com.